0: Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the wokest of them all? (laughs) (laughs) What up, what up, what up? This is Woke-ish Rebuilding Timbuktu. I'm your host, Sister Amachi. And today's episode is the inaugural episode of Rebuilding Timbuktu or Wokish, whichever one you want to you prefer to call it. Um, today's the inaugural episode. I am really just introducing the new concept of this show. Uh, I had a I had a podcast previously called um, The African Growth Opportunities Podcast where I was discussing different opportunities that are out there for the African community in Africa and in the diaspora to, you know, become a part of the economy of today's changing world. But over time, I started to open my eyes to the fact that um, there are, that it's not as simple as, the solution to uh, the problems in Africa are not as simple as, oh, here are the answers for you But there's actually a very compounded, it's actually a very compounded and uh, complicated issue that has to do with its dynamics with the rest of the world. And I decided, so I started to go on a little self-exploration for the past, I don't know, three years or so. And that exploration has led me to this point. And now I'm going to kind of break down for you what I have learned through this podcast called Woke-ish Rebuilding Timbuktu. And uh, what is Woke-ish? What is Rebuilding Timbuktu? Basically, the premise of this podcast is that um, we're putting the pieces back together uh, of our history, of our past. Uh, our fundamental belief on this podcast is that our ancestors, African ancestors, were not delusional, deranged, or dim-witted um, that they were actually scientists, that they were actually, uh, very intelligent people, that there's no real difference intellectually between our ancestors and who we are today. So then with that premise in mind, the question is where, what is that gap that needs to be filled? What is the difference between then and now? What is it that has caused our people, our country, our countries? In Africa, to be what they are today, and it's not as simple. I want to give you a spoiler alert. It's not as simple as they divided up our nations, and so therefore we are missing. Uh, we, we have a whole bunch of people who are together who don't like each other, or it's not that simple at all. Uh, it's very complicated, but it's there's a lot. Of, we have a lot of the pieces, I believe, to come to the conclusion of what. Actually happened, but I really want to take this podcast to break it down episode by episode about what actually happened. And so today's inaugural episode, I'm going to be talking about the topic: our our ancestors, witch doctors. The what they call witch doctors were low key scientists. Our uh, witch doctors were low key scientists. That's the, uh, that's the topic of today's episode. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to really try not to be, I'm really going to try not to be too brief in my answer to this question because I could easily just blurt it out and then the episode would be over. But I really want to take the time to break it down for people because I know the answer. I know what I believe, but do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying when I say the witch doctors were low-key scientists? Um, in order for me to explain what I mean by that, I have to take you back to, um, I have to, I have to explain to you what they believe about witch doctors today. Today, nowadays we talk about voodoo. We talk about, you know, you see pictures of people with bones through their nose and with paint all over their bodies and, um, with all kinds of craziness that really looks like our uh, ancestors were all like doing all this dark magic stuff. And really that's, that's what uh that's what a lot of people will have you believe that our ancestors worshipped demons, and our ancestors did all this voodoo and all this black magic and all this weird stuff that was really um destructive and against the and were dark forces and stuff like that, um which is very interesting to me because if you keep in mind the context of history during that time you know, the Spanish Inquisition and things of that nature, then you would understand why that, that trope, that story, that narrative was being told when the, when majority of Europe was Christian, was a Christian nation, Nation. anything that was not, um, not related to Christianity was t- technically seen as dark magic in, and, and, um, and even in, Europe itself, scientists, real scientists were being burned at the stake, stoned, drowned, and other things because they were considered to be practicing dark magic. So what do we, why do we believe that as Africans we're immune to that type of treatment? That when they came to us, they saw what they saw and they knew what they were seeing and they defined it accurately. Why do we think that that is the case for us? Clearly something is missing that an entire nation of black Africans could not have all been practicing this witchcraft and witch doctorish stuff that people are talking about, even in the Caribbean. The witch doctor. So everybody with black skin has this ancestral tendency towards witch witchcraft. Is that what we're trying to say? And in actuality, that is what they would have us believe. Um, but if you actually think about it, they actually have a lot of um, incentive to to keep that narrative going. About witchcraft and witch doctors and stuff like that to help, and the fact that we have to find a Savior outside of ourselves, that we have an ancestral. Um we have ancestral curses placed on us. That is why we're not, uh, we're not advancing. There's a very good incentive to keep that narrative going. But why? Because it keeps the system of what I call white ideology or white supremacy. It keeps it alive because then we feel like there's something wrong with us and we have to change to become more like the Uh, the white, the white, we have to become more white. And I want to explain to you real quick what that means to become more white. It's not to bleach our skin and wear fake hair and wear blue contact lenses. That's not becoming more white. Although it can manifest that way for people who have so much self-loathing as a result of this system that they may go, uh, go to those lengths to change themselves because they may have so much self-loathing for themselves. But that's not exactly what it means by to become more white. To become more is to ascribe yourself to things that you believe are can only are associated to the people that you qualify or categorize as white. That is the foundational p- premise of white ideology that these things that you find as good as pure, as su- supreme or or better are all things that are relegated to what you classify as white people. Um, but me personally, I don't like those terms, but I believe that there are people who may not even be of Caucasian descent, even though Caucasian is another word that was created. Um, people who may not have been of Caucasian descent who will still qualify or identify as being white. Um, and it's not necessarily because their skin is lighter or they can pass for white or whatever. No, they, they literally will have dark brown skin and they will they they themselves in their head will identify as white because they will disassociate themselves with the idea that they are related to anything that could be in their mind considered black so uh in their mind but 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 the problem with that way of thinking and I'm trying to give you a lot of exposition um so that you can understand the context of my thought process because I could say things right now that could be extremely controversial and it would really re- repel you because What I'm saying on this podcast is not going to be easy to digest because a lot of people are still trapped in the paradigm of white ideology. So they're not really going to be able to really digest what I'm saying without being properly prepped for it, without doing their research. But, But I'm kind of in a hurry to get to the point, because I really want, i don 't want to spend too much time on the milk of the, the you know this lack of substance stuff, I want to get to the meat the bones of this issue, uh, and that 's what I really want to make spend the majority of this podcast and, and every episode talking about is the real substance of this stuff, the scientifically based historically based philosophically based uh, psychologically based all that stuff that 's really hardcore information that a person can really build a house off of not the easy stuff that's like, oh, we were kings, and then that's it. Like, I really want to talk about the real stuff. So, with that being said, uh, our our ancestors, I believe, were our, the, witch, the so-called witch doctors, which I believe was a label given to us by people who feared science and technology. Um, the, those, uh, uh, they were really scientists. And I want to say this because, and I'm saying this because, when the when these people first came to Africa, it was like 1400s. Um, Christopher Columbus, think about it, was drive was riding the um, his four his three ships that we all learned about in elementary school, but which there were more than three. But you know, just this Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria um, were given to him by the Queen of Spain. Um, if I'm not mistaken, okay, like my history lessons about Christopher Columbus are a little bit foggy, but I do remember the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. I do remember that there was not just those three ships. And I also remember that they were given to him by the, I believe the queen of Spain so that he can explore and discover new lands that the queen can claim. And this was in 1492. Now, um, Santa Maria is St. Mary. Like Christianity was huge in Spain at this time, which anybody who goes through history will know that the Spanish Inquisition, all that stuff was based in that time that it was around that time period so when the when Christopher Columbus and his people went to the went to North America, what we call today North America, and pretty much committed genocide against all these people, they were doing it in the name of Jesus Christ they were doing it in the name of these people who are whatever they're doing here is witchcraft and demonic and we have manifested that we have the right by the power of the God we serve to put to to destroy these people. Now, if they have if they believe that they have the power by the God they serve to destroy the people that were on that land, then you have to ask yourself what does that say? So, you're, so basically we're, we're believing, so we've been taught to believe that, oh, well, it's okay for, us to, for them to have destroyed the Native Americans because the Native Americans were evil. They practiced witchcraft. They practiced all kinds of weird stuff. They ate the human hearts out of people to sacrifice to their gods. But then you have to ask yourself deeper questions. Okay, they built buildings of gold, which means they, pra- they or they built, they were supposedly, they had streets of gold and stuff like that, which means they practiced metallurgy. They used, you know, they, they they crafted and sculpted metals and knew how those metals reacted to heat and pressure. This is science. This is stuff we do today when we're crafting silicone chips and when we're crafting all this stuff that we use to build computers. The only thing is that it was not, uh, it was not like designed the same way. It wasn't like, it, it, it wasn't, uh, the, the science wasn't you know, maybe it wasn't written down or it wasn't, um, passed on the information through universities and stuff like that. It wasn't systematized. It wasn't mass produced the way that we do it today. And so I beg you, I beg you to consider that, um, Christopher Columbus did these, th- I mean, they had guns, Christopher Columbus and them had guns and stuff like that. Uh, so they definitely were able to out, uh, outnumber and overpower, uh, not, uh, maybe not outnumber, but definitely overpower. The people and take them down village by village throughout the entire north america um, and even bring more bring and when they brought reinforcements and all the kind of stuff they just pretty much ravished the whole of North America, destroying entire villages of Native Americans, you know, fighting them down, destroying them, beating them up, partnering with rival villages. It was literally psychological warfare, psychological and physical warfare that was waged on the uh, indigenous inhabitants of America. So you ask yourself about Africa, what happened in Africa? Basically, in Africa, um, they actually... Before Christopher Columbus knew that North America existed, the Africans existed on the continent of Africa, and they had already been aware. And, and because Africa is much closer in proximity to Europe, um, and they even have land that they share in Egypt and in the um, in Mesopotamia, they actually have land that they share in Africa between Africa and Egypt. So being ex- so exposure to dark-skinned people was very. Uh, common it, it, was, it wasn't it, yeah it was it was common it wasn't as it, we weren't foreign to them which is which makes which is what makes me wonder all the time like this narrative that they thought we were monkeys or they thought we were subhuman where did that come from I to today I'm like I think that was probably folklore and for people who had never been exposed to us, but it was never like that. That narrative was never quelched by the people in power who knew very well what they were doing because propaganda was always a tool of warfare in Europe. So obviously they never dispelled that myth that we were monkeys that happened probably amongst uneducated and unexposed members of the, um, European people of European descent communities who were just uneducated, unexposed. So they let them believe or let them continue to talk about, uh, b- uh black Africans uh, for lack of a better word, um, in those terms, monkeys and subhuman and stuff like that in order for those people to be kind of desensitized to the inhumane treatment that was being dished out to them through slavery and abuse and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, that being said from it, it, around from the 1400s, this whole slave trade was going on. The uh, transatlantic slave trade was going on, where they were taking black Africans and shipping them to Europe, and they were shipping them to the North, to the Americas to be their slaves. This whole time, all this was going on, of them going there, kidnapping people from Africa. So this was going on for hundreds of years before colonization ever happened. Oftentimes people talk about colonization and slavery as if it all happened at the same time. But in actuality, slavery, the slave trade was going on for 300 whole years, kidnapping, terrorizing t- p- p- nations and villages, just for to take their, to kidnap their, their people was happening for 300 whole years. Imagine like, think about it, 300 years. So how much, how long these people had to to decimate the fabric of African society, to spy, to take people, how they had 300 years to do this before they actually even sat down at the Berlin conference and said, hey, you know, it'd be a good idea. Those lands actually have resources in them. Why don't we colonize those people too? Why don't we take large pieces of that land? Basically, they, they, they committed genocide inside of North America. They were taking people as slaves. They were like, we can effing rule the world. The Roman Empire can rule the world. We are so powerful. This is amazing. We have all this power over these people. Let's just grab pieces of land. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure, cool. So they now grabbed pieces, big pieces of land in Africa and just said, okay, this is mine. This is yours. This is yours. This is yours. And then for the next hundred years, just... Enslaved the people of those communities and did whatever that they wanted to them. And then they, in comes the, uh, and the whole time there are these missionaries coming in and trying to convert these so called savages, um, which is another, you know, story on its own. So when they're coming in there and they're seeing these people practicing their native traditions, and these native traditions look nothing like what's being practiced in Europe automatically they're thinking okay this is witchcraft this is straight up witchcraft this is the only thing we can compare it to that we can we can we can give it close identity to that we're familiar with is witchcraft like i mean we're looking at these people in the bible and the people in the bible are fighting against people who are doing things and making magic happen and stuff like that the the pharaohs in egypt who are making turning blood into this and water into that. And so they're like, no, this is witchcraft. This is against Jesus. So we have to destroy these people. And I believe some of them actually believed that what they were seeing was witchcraft because they had nothing to compare it to. And then I believe that there are some people who actually... Just were like no we 're just going to exploit these people, and we 're going to use the people who believe this is witchcraft as an alibi and so all of this was going on. You have the slave traders, you have the colonizers, and you have the missionaries who all have their own um, incentive to destroy this group of people and destroy the fabric of their communities and so that 's what was essentially going on with a like completely desensitized by the narrative that these people are subhuman and they went in and they took targeted efforts to continue to hammer on this group of people, hammer on them, hammer on them, hammer on them until they were like completely confused, completely brainwashed, completely subjugated. And, you know, sometimes we see these videos from those days that the Europe created as prop, the, the British created as propaganda of them smiling, of them teaching the, uh, teaching Africans to read Africans wearing no clothes. Africans, you know, they just had, some of them were even staged. It was obvious, like some of them were even acting in some of them. Like it was obvious because of the way that the people were talking and there's certain people, cause it's like, how does, like, clearly this person was taken to Africa, was taught English and brought back. And then they were, because some of the Africans was like, their dialect was completely not even like how, like when someone is learns English for the first time, they don't sound like that. So I, I've seen some of these things and I've been like, this thing was staged, you know, like some of these people were probably slaves that they brought back. And then pretended that they were like regular people or used them to like infiltrate, you know, things of that nature. Because let's keep it real. Like the Europeans were no strangers, were not strangers to warfare. And so they were using the knowledge that they had of war and warfare to conquer the entire world. That was their whole thing. That was their whole agenda. And so it happened and it kept happening and it kept happening. Anyway, with that being said, um, with that being said what are we saying about our ancestors being scientists and not witch doctors? Uh, if you, I'm specifically from the tribe of Igbo in, 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 in in West Africa, Nigeria, and for lack of better terms, because these are, most of these are words except for Igbo that were given to us. Uh, Nigeria was given to us. Africa was given to us. So, um, I'm not really like married to any of those, uh, labels, but, those uh that actual that particular uh fact that that uh, our ancestors were were scientists and not witch and not well what if, not witch doctors or whatever they want to call it we're not witches but they were actual scientists uh comes from the fact that we did have like there were there there is there is there's is proof there's record of showing that in Uganda the people were doing um people were doing sterilized C-sections in to to help women give birth in Uganda before the before the uh, advent of white people coming to that area, there are you know there was bone setting occurring, there was medicinal healing. I mean you can't have a you can't sustain a societies of people for hundreds for not even hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of years, people were living in Africa without using malaria drugs, without, well, modern malaria drugs, without using modern, a lot of the modern science and technology, and they were living and they were thriving and they were living for many years and they were, and then all of a sudden these people come and they're just like, oh my gosh, look at these people. They're so poor. They're living in such backwards times. They're, 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 they don't read, they don't write, they don't. And and nowadays, most of the reading and writing and education efforts are geared towards are leaning towards teaching africans european languages why so that they can become worker bees in europe that's essentially what the how this this whole thing is playing out it's not for their personal benefit it's not for the benefit of the africans themselves but it's so that these africans can become worker bees for the europeans for the asians for the russians so um so yeah, so I think they all, they're all they all seeing it, and that's what they're working on. And, and so our ancestors who were scientists, who knew the land, who knew the land of Africa, which is probably the only reason that they weren't completely wiped out, because they were needed for all this new flora and fauna that the Europeans were being exposed to, all the dangers, all that they were being used as tour guides to show them how to get around this new land. They were being used as you know people who were going to show them how to get the different minerals and resources and stuff like that they were pretty much hoping that these people would become their you know guides and then after a while we became almost friends almost you know with the deception involved almost friends between the europeans and the and the other nations and africa there was became a, a somewhat semi, semi-friendship that occurred and this so-called semi-friendship that was happening ultimately um, results in or resulted in um, uh, the uh, us kind of putting our defenses down. You, uh, Africans put their defenses down. Everyone else put their defenses down because they were like, well you know we've been work- we've been getting along and working together for so long which is a lie because a lot of the stuff that was going on during the cold war and all these things there was a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that was not being promoted through the propaganda that is our media um but that's another story altogether um so at, at the end of the day when i'm saying that our 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 ancestors were scientists and not witch doctors uh that's coming from seeing even in Ebo land, there was, um, there was like metal, metal work done that you could see people using metals and, and to create things, crafting things with metal and not just any metals, metal alloys, bronze, steel, like things that like you have to combine different, different elements to create. So that means that they were already understanding like the proportions of things that they would have to put together, heating them up cooling them down these are all things that they do in science chemistry class anyway this is not new this is not phenomenal this is not like a whole other like category of stuff this is regular the <laughs> like regular stuff going into the kitchen and heat something up and boil it or whatever that's all chemistry but the only thing is that when you have a record of what like you, when you're actually categorizing things that's the thing that makes uh today's science a little bit more more um easily digestible and you can kind of mass produce it kind of like we could create we like the whole thing with science is that uh the whole thing with modern science is they create a system that multiple people can learn and or many people can learn and they can kind of mass produce scientists they can mass produce people who can do the work so the people who are awarded as genius titles in today's day and age are not the people who have the knowledge in their head, but the people who can create new theories based on stuff that already exists and is already known, but maybe it's known, um, subconsciously or it's known, uh, by instinct by certain people. Um, but then they're able to craft entire theories based on the information in the language of, the gatekeepers whoever's whoever's giving the award whoever is promoting it they see it and instinctively they're just like okay this is actually a very good theory that explains it well people can can, can use it we can create more scientists who speak this language based off of this theory and they will be able to use this to predictably create the same thing over and over and over again. And that's the basis of today's scientific community. Today's scientific framework is based on that, creating reproducible theories. Like all these scientists with PhDs, all they're doing is writing long research papers that are not really discovering new things, but actually explaining phenomena that actually happen naturally in nature. And then explain them in such a way that somebody can come behind them and reproduce it and create the same thing over and over again. So we're creating factories, that's what were doing. We're mass producing factories. And so at the end of the day, I wholeheartedly subscribe to the belief that the only thing that separated Europe and Africa and a lot of these um, indigenous communities and indigenous just means non-white essentially. Like if you're not indigenous, if you're like me, like me who speaks fluent English and stuff like that, I don't think I'm even considered indigenous anymore because I'm so whitewashed that it's very difficult for me to reintegrate into the society from which I was, I descended. So I'm no longer indigenous. But then when you're talking about indigenous, people are thinking about the tribal people who are wearing spears and bows and arrows and wearing those grass skirts and all this kind of stuff And, and loincloths. That's when they think indigenous. And so it's, it's really, it's really a really complicated and, uh, frustrating framework to try to get out of, but try to follow my logic here. Um, there is, when you talk about the current scientific community, the current scientific community is largely based on mass production. Everything, like the Industrial Revolution in Europe, started from mass production when you started uh, creating uh, factories for creating uh, textiles, clothing. So creating clothing was a big thing, which is why one of the first things they did was to, you know, because people were making their own clothes from home. But then when they started mass producing clothing, then you had to sell clothing to everyone all over the world. And so all of a sudden being naked was a sin, right? And so they had, um, they mass produced clothing and had to sell, and they, you know, they just just to sell it, and so they started mass producing a lot of things, and then Ford, Henry Ford, came up with a mass how to mass produce a car, and then, um, you know, everything became, uh, what's his name, Rockefeller mass produced Bruce, uh, well, not mass produced steel. Who did steel? Was it Andrew Carnegie? And then mass producing oil or you know mass, uh, mass. Um, refining oil from Rockefeller, and all this kind of stuff, all this mass production, mass production, I think it was Andrew Carnegie that was steel, mass production, mass production, mass producing bridges through this, through the, um, and guns and weapons through, uh, Andrew Carnegie's steel factory, factories were just mass, all this is mass production, and all it is, is teaching one person how to get very good at one thing, whether it's science, whether it's chemistry, physics, biology, or whether it's something simple like mechanics or metalwork or whatever, like just teaching that person how to get very good at that one thing. Now, all you have to do now, imagine you have a village of people who are creating metalwork in the forms of these masks and things like that. And they're creating these metalworks in the form of masks, in the form of, um, you know, uh, statues and stuff like that, that they're calling which uh, gods and things like that in these native communities they're create they're using metalwork they're using all this technology and stuff like that to create these things but all, but the possessors of the knowledge of how to do that are like one in one in a hundred like one person in a hundred people like you have one debia in a hun- out of every hundred people, and that debia is creating these things, and all these people are 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 ex- are um es- eschewing a certain level of uh, power and majesty and grace and greatness to this one person who knows how to do this in this village but all the other people in this village are concerned with their own things they're concerned with fishing and gathering food and all this kind of stuff for their community for their families and everything like that while this Debia is cre- is 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 doing these this very particular type of good work for the community healing them um, making things you know things of that nature making medicines and all kinds of stuff so that's where they come from with this godlike witch doctor that's running the community, that they kind of see it. And then they have the chiefs who oversee um the chiefs and the and and stuff who oversee uh judgments that are that are passed throughout the community. So you're 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 get you're 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 putting out judgments, you're saying, okay, this person slept with this person's husband, okay, here's the judgment that is passed on you, or this person beat up his father, okay, this is the judgment that's passed on you. And so all these things are occurring so you then have to ask yourself okay with all these things occurring why then do you um when a when a when a white person comes in and they're just like oh wow we're you know they flatter you and tell you that your your community is so wonderful oh wow that's metal how did you do that and then you just start telling them because they have like somebody you're somebody who looks like you who was really a slave in their country and just happens to know your language and and the white man's language and they're like oh yeah we we heated it up and we mixed it with this and we did that and now you go back out of Africa back to uh uh America or Europe or wherever it is that you came from. And you start a steel factory or you start, you know, and things like that did happen where they stole science from other uh, communities and then they put their name on it. Uh, it didn't happen every day. It didn't happen all the time. It wasn't that it wasn't always the case, but it happened quite enough that it was a problem. And they would take science. They would take information. They would take, And after all, consider the fact that they were in Africa for like 500 years. There was the period of the slave trade, followed by colonization, and they were using these people's information, science, technology, resources to build their own nations this whole time. And they were using guns, and they were using um, prayer, <laughs> like their church, you know, to, to to control people's minds. They were using all of this stuff to really work on the people regularly, to keep them sadaa, to keep them obedient, to keep them working in, for and with them to... Uh, to build their own nations. And now today in 2019, they're coming back and they're ready. They're looking for the exact same things. But that's another story altogether. What I really want to drive home at the end of this, for the, in this podcast, in this particular inaugural episode of the Woke-ish build, Rebuilding Timbuktu podcast is... We, our ancestors who are falsely labeled as witches and witch doctors and voodoo priests were actually scientists who had a very important role in their communities. But if they if the only thing, the, their only weakness was that they did not have, uh they did not have writing. They did, they didn't write down the information that they were doing. And they didn't have a, that they didn't have that right. Like a lot of the stuff was very... Very instinctive for them, like they maybe they would have an apprentice not there's no maybe about it. they had apprentices so in in that system in the village system, there usually were apprentices that worked that that operated underneath particular uh heads of like particular um very skilled craftsmen in communities so there would be a there would be a um, there would be an apprentice for the village welder or there'll be an apprentice for there are just these apprentices that worked underneath these people and when the apprentices and so in, in order for the in order for the knowledge to be passed on that knowledgeable priest or, or uh, like the knowledgeable doctor or whatever it is debia is what we call them in in Igbo land, um, that, that knowledgeable DBA will pass on the information. Or even if it's not a DBA, even if it's somebody who was just like the most knowledgeable person in the village, or for like, you know, the, the chief or something like that, or like some kind of trade that, you know, basket weaving or whatever, you know, a person could send their child to somebody who's very knowledgeable, send them to their house, and they would create something and they would teach them. Like that person will watch them, help them, everything. So that eventually that person will be able to start their own shop, and that was generally the system that was used back then. It wasn't sit in the classroom for eight hours a day for the first twelve to sixteen to uh, twenty-one years of your life, uh, and and learn all this stuff, and so that you can come out and get a job. It, that was not the system, but today's system we mass produce. Employees. We mass produce products. We mass produce. And then we create this whole propaganda machine, which is also something that is what all of these are tools of warfare. You mass produce weapons and you mass produce uh, uh, propaganda so that you can get everybody on your side for a particular action. So they took all of those, what those, those tools and technology, psychological tricks and things and things like that, and put them into a system, mass produced it so that they can pump out, products, people marketing, using techniques to like control and convince people for certain agendas, whether it's a black Friday sale or Thanksgiving or a Halloween or Christmas, all of these things are, are really just, uh, ways people they're using to move the world in their particular direction. And so when you're talking about witch doctors, all your, what we're seeing the same behaviors, except not on a grand scale. Because the people in certain African communities who did not write um, in books, like, cause they were we, were, we know that a lot of them wrote on walls, which is why I don't hate the caveman. When they talk about caveman, we talk about evolution of people um, from from monkeys. I, I really don't like that narrative because uh, it, it, really t- it really makes uh, Africans whose culture was, first of all, we have dark skin and they used to call us monkeys. And then we, our ancestors had a lot of writing in CBD and stuff written on walls. So we look like the cavemen, but actually the white people were also cave dwellers. Before a lot of the stuff that happened in Europe that related resulted in them being with the technological advancement and traveling the world and going to Asia and everything like that and getting paper because paper was in Asia before it was. So Asia has more documented history actually than the Europeans, but the Europeans started mass producing books through the printing press. And so they started mass producing Bibles. That was the first, the first books that, the, that were ever mass produced on the printing press were actually religious texts. So that's another thing that kind of gives you the insight into the way this world works. And everything I'm saying, I highly recommend that you go and research it. Anything interesting that I say, anything that you never heard before, Google it. Just Google the words that I'm saying and get feedback. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, my, my face, my Twitter account is at ebo lectures i g b o l e c t u r e s at ebo lectures that's my twitter account so that being said the 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 lack of a system a system in the sense that we had uh people mass producing uh scientists and engineers and and uh and and and, and and chairs and tables, you know, and cars, the way that we have today, mass production. Um, the, the lack of that is actually what caused the big shift, the big rift between Europe and Africa, or between our ancestors and us today. That lack of mass production uh, that we didn't have uh, but even, but even the university systems and mass, produ- um, were, were actually began in Africa in Timbuktu, we had universities in Africa, but they were differently formatted. There probably were not books and papers the way that they, they were, but they probably looked a little bit more like how Jesus had his disciples, how Jesus sat on the Mount sermon on the Mount and just was talking to masses of people. That was probably more like the supposed universe, like the whole, um, how, uh, in the, in the middle, in middle, uh, middle East, you know, you'll find people with rabbis or oh, rabbi, please teach me about this or rabbi, or even in Asia where they have sensei teach me this. And people would go far and wide to go to a particular teacher to learn from that particular teacher because that particular teacher is the, is the one that they like how that person thinks. They like what that person has produced. They like how that person has done. And they're like, I want to learn under that person. And sometimes one, one, one teacher would, would be able to teach a lot of different, a lot of people at the same time. And some teachers will reject a particular student. Like, I don't want you to learn from me because I don't like how you are. And so, um, these are the ways knowledge was passed down in those days in a lot of the world. But the only difference between then and now is mass production. Universities are factories, Everything, like, which is factories getting to the end consumer, creating a product, getting it to the end consumer. The problem that people are saying in America now that, oh, our education system is broken, this is broken, that is broken. It's really just a problem of distribution. It's, it's not a problem with, like, the fact that there are schools. The schools are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. recording sorry my uh I don't know how much of that was was captured my uh recording system was just kind of froze up on me but what I was trying to say is that um what was I saying oh uh every universities are factories all of these things are factories if you think about it um all the the problem that people are always saying, oh, uh, university, the education system is broken. This is broken. That is broken in the United States. It's not a problem of the system being... The only part of the system that's broken is distribution because these factories are producing exactly what they were designed to produce. The, um, the, uh, the universities in America, the, the public schools in America are producing exactly what they were designed to produce. So either it's a problem with what they're... What what they're produce, they're, what they're designed to produce. Either people aren't happy with what these institutions are producing, or these factories are producing. Either they're they're um, not satisfied with the product, or they're not, or the product is not getting to the people that are needing are most need in need of the product. So maybe they need to. Um, put their products in front of the right people for for those people to be satisfied with what they're producing. And so that's the problem. There's a gap between what these factories, because everything is based on the factory system. They're producing something. The churches are producing a certain type of people. The school systems are producing certain types of people who can work certain types of jobs, who can do certain types of things the, you know, the courts, everything, they're all factories, even the prison system, all of these are factories. So you have to ask yourself, what are we intending to produce and are we producing them? And so at the end of the day, like the difference, the gap between the so-called witch doctors of African ancestry and what we have today is simply mass production. And that is where I'm going to end today's episode. Um, really I want to give you that to think about. And again, if you want to have, um, a conversation, a deeper conversation with me about all these topics. I highly recommend you hit me up on Twitter. Like I said, my Twitter handle is Ebo Lectures. That's at I G B O L E C T U R E S. Ebo Igbo Lectures. Um, you know, Twitter.com slash Ebo Lectures. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode, this inaugural episode, and I uh, hope to hear I hope we can talk again later. I hope this isn't the last that you'll hear of me. Um Yeah, let me stop rambling. All right, peace out, homies. Bye.